everyone. Tony and John bringing you King's Talk, presented by Cap City Crown. John, hello. It's now been over a week since we've had King's basketball, or any kind of basketball uh, that involves a King's player. Considering Davion Mitchell was uh, he had to leave or he couldn't participate in the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, yeah, how we how you, how you feeling? Week without the Kings. Yeah, another disappointing All Star weekend for Sacramento fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was good. I went outside. <laughs> you know, you know, Kings basketball. You know, it's it's kind of nice to just enjoy things outside. But uh, did you watch any of the uh, the All Star weekend? <laughs> I'm I'm going to be honest. Uh, I did not. I, I saw highlights, and it's funny to say I saw highlights because I didn't see anything. And I, I mean that. I didn't see one dunk from the slam dunk contest. That's uh, not because good. I heard it was that bad. Um, so I, I didn't sound like I missed anything. But. Hey, hey, you know, speaking of slam dunk contest, just, you know, in honor of a current Sacramento King, uh, to my knowledge, I think one of the worst performances – and the slam dunk contest was Harrison Barnes, like maybe Harrison a Barnes. little yeah. short of a decade ago or so. And you, I think what made it really bad because I'm sure there's been other people that are just like that have had other really anticlimactic dunks in the slam dunk contest, like he did in that situation. But the thing that made it particularly bad, and you can look this up, people, um, is that they put some motion tracker on them so that they were going to upload it to. Uh, like NBA 2K, whatever it was, whatever year it was. And as, as soon as he did the dunk and as soon as the, you know, the crowd was, you know, just as calm as they were before he even touched the ball, you know, you, you knew it wasn't going to happen. And you could hear Shaq who was commentating. He's like, they're not uploading that. I'm like, no, <laughs> it might have been Chuck. I don't know. Yeah. Barkley, but it's like, no, they're not uploading that immediately. It's just like, ah, I totally forgot. I mean, I don't because I remember that dunk too. It was that it was it was a terrible dunk. I I don't know. I just kind of forgot it was Harrison Barnes. Now that he's on the Kings, but kind of just going back to that dunk contest in general. I believe it was Barnes's rookie year, so 2012. Um, no, no, I think it was 2013. Yeah, I think it, it might have been second. Yeah, I think it was his second year because the Warriors were kind of on the map. Yeah. And it was Macklemore's rookie year, and he was in the dunk contest. That's right. Because they did it. This it was a weird dunk contest. They had they did it by conferences. I think in the West it was Barnes, Macklemore, and I want to say it was Dame Lillard. I want to say it was the year Lillard participated in every in every competition. He was like a sophomore that year. Right. So every he, competition, like three yeah. point contest, slam dunk, um, slam dunk. Skills challenge, Three. the rap yeah. challenge. Did he do the rap challenge? No, oh, wait, no, he, <laughs> right. does, he, does, no he, he does that outside of basketball. <laughs> and then on the east, you had John Wall. I don't know, yeah, John Wall, maybe Paul George, but it was, it was like the worst, it was the worst, worst slam dunk contest. Cause I remember they started off the, it, it was like the weirdest thing. They started off the slam dunk contest by having like a minute or a minute and a half round that each conference got by doing freestyle dunks. Do you remember that? <laughs> like, I kind of do. I mean, like, it doesn't sound crazy. 
I mean, it does and, sound crazy, but it doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility. And then they went on to the next round where one, where each pl- or a player from each conference would face off against each other, essentially like dunk off, and then the winner would get a point. So whoever had the better dunk of the two would get a point. And I remember the West got swept. They lost. They lost all three rounds. So, and it was the year Ben McLemore dunked over Shaq sitting in the throne because Shaq had just recently right. become a minority owner in the Kings. Right. Um, little All Star game history right there, or yeah. slam dunk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, since I did say, like, you know, on just another. You know, sarcastically, another exciting All Star Weekend. I guess that was kind of an all exciting All Star Weekend for Sacramento fans. That one in particular. That one, yes. But talking about what you just said, uh, being sarcastic about it, um, Kings have not had an All Star since the Marcus Cousins, and uh, guess who's coming to town today? The Marcus. He's uh, he just signed a remainder of the season contract with the Nuggets. Right. Nuggets are 8 and 0 with Cousins. Right. Um, it'll be fun to see him play. He hasn't played Well, actually, I I don't know yeah. that he's playing. I think he's I think I just read that I think it got reported uh that he's not playing. I don't think he's going to be available for Thursday. Oh man, really? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't brief that. Uh, um, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, it's I double check. <laughs> I, I, I wrote that down because I was like, oh, yeah, I should mention that. I should say that to, you know, my podcast partner so I don't let him walk into the abyss there. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I mean, I, hopefully he's at least in attendance. Yeah, he should be there, but I don't think he's going to be available see. to play. Injuries? I don't see him in the injury report. Yeah, it said, I think it said Sean Cunningham reported it. Oh, Cunningham reported it. He's a mm-hmm. trustworthy source. Let's see. Take a second out of this podcast. Support Sean Cunningham. But um, while it's been reported that Cousins will sign with Denver for the rest of the season, his 10-day deal expired, and I'm told he will not be with the Nuggets for the remainder of their trip. Therefore, the former Kings All-Star will not play in Sacramento on Thursday. Well, I won't even be there. No, yeah, that sucks. Well, well, all right. Well, you can scratch out that talking point. <laughs> yeah, Cousins. I was gonna say Cousins. His last game in sack was in October of 2017, which is kind of crazy. He hasn't been in sack for almost five years now. I mean, he's been in the league. I know he's been hurt a lot, but it's kind of bizarre that he hasn't played in the Golden One Center in five years. Yeah, it's weird. But. It feels well, it feels longer. I know. It feels like it's, it feels like it's that was ages ago. Yeah, and, and everyone in that trade is gone. I mean, we traded we traded Cousins for Buddy Heald, and mm-hmm. that was really the last piece of the puzzle because we had Heald, and I think we we got the Pelicans draft pick. Who we turned into two more draft picks. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting Justin Jackson um, and Harry Giles. So obviously they're not here. Unless we get Tyreek Evans back. We were talking about that last podcast. Yeah, it's just no, no word on that front, I guess, at this point. 
I heard that the Kings have not shown any interest. That's I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a shame. That's all you can say, but not yeah. not surprising. Oh well. Yeah. It's what hard hard to imagine how much of he how much of an impact he could make on this team, you know, not having played at this level for a while. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It uh it, it just depends where the Kings are really trying to finish off this season. Yeah. I guess that can lead us. Or were you going to say something? I mean, I was going to say, I think there w- would be good if he was going to come and he was going to mm-hmm. come for more than just the end of, you know, the last 22 games or whatever. Um, if he was coming for longer, it would be great for him to come now because this is a great opportunity where, you know, you can kind of gel with some of the guys that will be here, you know, in the in the coming year and uh, next season. And because, I mean – I guess we'll get into that as to what the intent of these last 22 games is, but uh, it would be good to, you know, obviously the earlier you get on the quicker you can get acclimated to the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that will lead us as what I was going to say, um, you know, the Kings ending off the season, there's 22 games left now after the all-star break. Kings are currently three and a half behind the Trailblazers mm-hmm. for that final playing spot. The Trailblazers are without CJ McCollum, I believe Lillard is sidelined for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Right, is Lillard or is that Beal? I guess you get all my facts straight before I just start saying stuff. Um, well, I think they're both out for the year, aren't they? Yeah, right. Isn't I'm yeah. not crazy. Lillard. No, yeah, I think they're both out for the year. But we still have San. We have San Antonio, New Orleans sandwiched in between us. Yeah. Yes. Um, Not not just an open spot. That is true. Spurs. You can never count the Spurs. They even have an All Star on their team, Dejounte Murray. Pelicans. I don't know how to feel about the. Yeah, that's kind of iffy. Yeah, the Trailblazers. I don't see them being able to hold that tenth seed. No. Without Lillard and without McCollum. I don't think so at all. I hope maybe the Lakers keep falling off, but who knows? Yeah, I they've they've lost. They've, they've gone. They've only won three of their last ten, which, according to basic mathematics, means they've lost seven of their last ten. Yes, Kings so. have won four of their last ten. Not much better, but better. And of course, Looking a better, totally yeah. different looking Kings team now with Sabonis. It'll be. It'll be exciting to see some bonus back in action tonight with Fox. Um, very exciting time still to be a Kings fan. But mm-hmm. if you were, you know, if you were able to choose, I guess, would would you rather the Kings finish off the season making a push for that final playing spot? Or maybe even the ninth playing spot, the Lakers ahead of the Kings. But like you said, they could very well keep on dropping. Or should the Kings go draft pick? I mean, well, I think that if you're given those two options, they should definitely go with the first one because I don't really think there's any sense in tanking um, because I think the mindset with this team right now is we'll try to get to the 
the plan. We're going to try to make the playoffs. But I think there's a lot of, I think like Gentry is very level-headed and honest about this team. And he called it a monumental task, but it's one that's on the table, you know? And even some of the newcomers, Trey Lyles has said, like, you know, the talent's there, but we'll see. There's not a lot of like, there's a lot of modesty as to what this team can do in these last 22 games. And I think that they think that they'll try, you know, they're calling this, these last 22 games, you know, a mini season, you know, I think Gentry referred to it as that and like treating this all-star break as a mini off season and trying to kind of get everybody on the same page and clean some things up and practice and whatnot. So there's definitely an effort to get better and play well, you know, and, you know, Gentry spoke about that on Tuesday and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to tank at that point because it, at the very least you strive for the playoffs and then at the very least you fall upon the fact that, okay, we're going to have a lot of these guys here next year and they had 20 plus games to play together and they're going to be ready to roll next year with some added pieces, hopefully. I mean, that should be the idea if they do want to win. I mean, they have the opportunity to make the play-in if they want to be a playoff team, they've got to get better. I mean, that just makes sense. But it just makes no sense to tank, I just don't think. Yeah, I think the Kings should be pushing for that playing spot as well. You know, you have, like you said, pieces. you got a big piece in Sabonis, and you have pieces that will be here next year as well. You want to start building a foundation of winning. You, you don't want to start losing with, you know, this two-time all-star. As good as it would be to get a third overall pick, perhaps, I think it's more important you have pieces in Fox and Sabonis. And like you said, they're treating this as a mini offseason, the all-star break. You, you want to get better after that. They finally had time to gel together. It kind of be a little disheartening to see the Kings start losing a bunch of games. So, right. of course, you want to see them win. And something I saw um, was a comparison of like the Chicago Bulls game plan. And the Bulls just had Zach Levine for a minute, kind of like imagine Zach Levine as De'Aaron Fox. I know Levine was an all-star um, before the Bulls got good this year. But the last year, the Bulls, you know, a bottom-dwelling team for the last several years with uh, Zach Levine running running things in Chicago. They get Nikola, uh, yeah, Nikola Vucevic mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. Like a very solid player. Almost, I would say Sabonis is better. But, like, a solid player to match up to your star point guard, star shooting guard, kind of like the Kings are doing with Sabonis and Fox right now by getting Sabonis. Mm-hmm. And then, guess what happens? You know, the Bulls finish off the season a little better than they had started it last year. And then, guess who comes to town? They get Lonzo Ball, they get DeMar DeRozan, and look where they are now. Not exactly. saying, yeah, you know, you have to start building a strong foundation. I think if you start losing and you go for the third pick, yeah, getting to the third overall pick or even a top five pick would be great. But I worry about how it looks in free agency because I think the Kings are still one piece away. Kind of like how the Warriors were one piece away with until they got Iguodala. Yeah. I think the, the Kings are one piece away from really having that big three because as good as Barnes is, he's definitely not that. He's not, he's not good enough to make that that third big piece. 
today's NBA to be oh, considered yeah. like a, a real contender. So. And if, if Barnes is your fourth or fifth best player, then you're doing something right. That's great. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But and also, I just I think there's a lot to look at here to that backs up the idea that that is the king's thinking here and first of all that is a great sign if that is indeed the king's thought as it looks like it is because it shows that instead of trying to just swing for the fences right now they really do have a plan that they're kind of looking ahead to it's not you know super that far down the field or anything like that and it's not again that immediate swing for the fences situation but it's a very level-headed kind of move you know kind of thinking two steps ahead not too far not being too short-sighted and, you know, just the way I, I really like the way Gentry is kind of like f the philosophy he's got here, because he's just pointing out the fact that, you know, like it's good that, that uh, you know, there's a lot of optimism. Obviously, he mentioned the fact that they got to be able to practice together. They got to be able to work on things on team rebounding, crashing from the corners and, uh, you know, trying to secure the, the ball more on the defensive end. And anytime there's a 50 50 ball. And just being more disciplined and tight and just acknowledging that. I mean, like, that's what you want these next 22 games to be. You want to be able to fix that stuff. You know that you want to be able to establish a home court advantage. That's another thing he mentioned to get back to playing well on the road, which they kind of did at one point this season, you mm -hmm. know, and if they can get back to doing those things or at least trying to do those things, you know, once you start limiting things, you get a good player you kind of have a good group going. You can limit your to-do list to these kind of manageable things. These next 22 games are great because if you make the playoffs, great. If you don't, you're really setting yourself up to be another success story like you're talking about with Chicago. And it's going to be tough. You do have to be realistic. I mean, I know that Sabonis has said that this is still all very new and he's still getting acclimated himself and the schedule's tough looking forward. Um, but... You know, it's this is what makes I think the end of the season gonna it's gonna make it fun. It's like you kind of you know Kings fans have been through a lot, especially in in December and whatnot, and just like watching really poor basketball, and um, just to be able to sit back and kind of see where things land, eh, that's kind of that should be nice. <laughs> you know, hopefully the All Star break allowed some time for people to get into the right frame of mind about this. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Um, I mean, totally. Like I said earlier, like you kind of mentioned, it's it's all about laying the foundation of a winning team. You're not going to lay down a foundation by losing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, hopefully the, this also break did them well. They had some more time to practice together. So, I mean, Sabonis' first game, I don't think they had a practice together before that. And no, we were won. surprised he played. Yeah, so yeah, it's nice to have. It's nice that they had some time to really work together, to train together, get some practices in before tonight's game. Um, it will be fun to watch to see how this team, how this team unfolds, really. And at home, season. at home too. I think just kind of seeing that first home game, but now the whole squad's here. Got to practice a, a good uh, couple of days of practice in. Um, you know, it'll be fun to see. Yeah. And, and when you talk about establishing that home court advantage, I mean, like that's where you really have hope because Sacramento has got great fans and you saw a glimmer of what kind of a drum, that giant, enormous drum that place can become late in a game, you know? 
Yeah. But uh, so that'll be fun to watch. It will be fun to watch. And if the Kings lose, lose a lot, I think that should be a little concerning day in the season that way. Um, considering they have solid pieces and some bonus and Fox that they are really trying to build around now. That's their future. You don't want to see that. Um, and I don't think free agents want to see that either. So, right. But, but in at, the context of losing, like they lost to the bulls, right? Yes. But if they, and they play a lot of good teams, like I think, you know, they, they play Denver three times They play Utah, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, a couple times, Miami, Golden State, Dallas in these last 22 games. Um, they could lose a good chunk of those, and they could just be close games. But you still lost. I mean, those there 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 could still be things to take away from the context of losing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tough tough schedule ahead. You're right. That is a very tough schedule. I didn't think about that. Um, and thirteen of the last twenty two are on the road, so the majority. Yeah, that's a rough way to end it too. You play Houston twice. There you go. That's a, that's a split right there. That's that's an old team split. I hope, I hope I hope that's two and zero with Sabonis now. We'll see though. That is a very tough schedule though. But I want to see them, like you said, against the Bulls. They they need to they need to show some tenacity because a lot of these games have been blowouts this year before the Sabonis trade. And you're right, they need to show that they have some grit. And that they're a totally different looking team that they can hang in with the best of them. Not saying that they're the best of them yet, but that would definitely be the step, a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So it'll be yeah. fun. It'll be it'll be fun. They still have some improvements um, that they'll have to look for in the off season. I think specifically a stretch four. I think we were talking about this last time. Mo Harkless is would be great off the bench, but him starting at your four is not, you know, it's not ideal for a playoff team, at least in today's NBA, maybe seven years ago, Mo Harkless. But, um, and also addressing the head coach. We're going to mm-hmm. need a new head coach. I doubt Chen is going to be named the head coach after the season. Um, there's a lot of. Yeah, he candidates. really, he, he has the demeanor of like an uncle that's watching after a. Yeah, <laughs> a child that's out of control, just being like, I cannot wait for this weekend to be over. Yes, it seems like you know, Jinchi's been in the business a long time. <laughs> it seems like this is one of the rougher seasons he's experienced, so I think he'll be happy to get out. But I'm also excited to see who the Kings choose their next head coach. Um, I know there's some interesting candidates, and Kenny Atkinson, who used to coach the Nets, and Terry Stotts, who was coaching the Trailblazers, another small market team, uh, until this year, until Chauncey Billups took over. So those are some two names to watch. But we're still, you know, a couple months away from seeing what happens with that. But I am very interested in seeing what, how the Kings address their power forward position in the offseason. Because yeah. I think at this point, it's their weakest option or their weakest position. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be holding them back. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both those things will be interesting. But, yeah. uh, you know, still so much to look forward to this season. We will get into the offseason talk. We'll have, trust me, we'll be clawing for things to talk about in the offseason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll be, uh, yeah. That'll put our podcasting skills to the test right there. There you go. But um, I guess talking about 
a little bit of All-Star Weekend and people the Kings should get, maybe in free agency. Um, over the weekend, LeBron James said that his priority when his son Bronny gets drafted is to play with the team that Bronny gets drafted to. Um, I mean, it makes sense. I don't think that's ever happened in the NBA. It'd be kind of cool. But okay, here's a hypothetical for you, John. Uh-oh. So Bronny's in the 2024 draft class. So it's what, two two years away? Mm-hmm. So the Kings have two seasons. Say the Kings end next season with the fifth over the sixth overall seed. They said like a great year. And then they finish with the fifth overall seed. But somehow they make a trade in there. And this is very hypothetical. And they get like a, a top a top three pick. We'll even call it the number one pick for the 2024 season. And LeBron, the previous two seasons, averaging like, like LeBron numbers, 25, 8, and 8. Wait, 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 wait. Before you start bending over backwards for this hypothetical, is Bronny actually a top three pick, though? No, okay. I mean, that's another point I was going to get to. So right now, Bronny's projected. You know, I mean, he's only a junior in high school. But he is projected right, right. at, at yeah, a 20... He's projected, and we'll say it's, this is an accurate projection in 2024 as well, that he's the 27th overall projection in the first round. So say he's a late first, early second. But say you think you won't be able to get him in the second. Well, you, I, I okay, well, do you think I should do it? Yeah. Well, from a personal standpoint, yeah. And then I'll lead into why this probably might function into why the Kings shouldn't do that. For one, personally, that sounds annoying because that is just going to be like, I know regardless of if Bronny is a top, you know, talent in the draft, you know, he, he ends up getting really big in the next couple of years and, you know, plays a year in college or in a pro league route and plays really well or something and just shoots up uh, the, the the draft boards or something like that. Whether he's that or whether he's just kind of that mid to late first round pick, but you know he's going to be like, he's going to be a smart player. He's LeBron's kid. He's going to play the right way, all that stuff. You're going to get him and you're going to get LeBron and it's going to be all about LeBron. It's going to be his farewell tour. It's all going to be about him. You know, he's been able to do this and all this stuff and it's just going to be about him. If you watch him at his kids' games, yeah, I'm all for getting going crazy for your kids. I'm all about that. Dude, I don't give a, I really don't give a damn. My mom used to be really annoying at games. She would yell like a maniac, like, get that woman out of here. Okay. But I, so I don't care. But you can very much tell that the way he does it, and maybe this, this is all subjective, this is a matter of opinion, but I don't think I'm going to get much protest from Kings fans. Um, it just seems like it's kind of just like, who is this guy? Is he a cartoon character? It's just like all about him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I feel like you do that, it's just going to be a mess. And you hope that you don't, you hope that you're in a position where that's going to be a bad thing for you. You hope you're in a position where you are a good team and where that's just going to be a distraction because that'll be good for some, you know, the, if the Kings were losing, most of their games at that point and they were just they really needed like some fresh makeover like yeah okay that's the time to do it but i don't think that's going to happen i don't think that's going to be what's going on and 
yeah, I just think that's going to be annoying. And also, it's just like, I don't know. Like, that just sounds, I don't know. Is that a good set? What you want to do? I don't know. Feels kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, and we, a- and we don't know where, how good Bronny is going to be. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. The kid is a child still. <laughs> He's a child. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was definitely a stretch on the hypothetical, but it is interesting um, that essentially whoever drafts Bronny is going to get LeBron James Jr. Perhaps even on a veteran minimum contract. He said money's not an issue. I mean, of course, if you can pay LeBron, he's going to try to get it. But I mean, if it's a team with a high salary cap already. I mean, I, I truly believe LeBron is going where Bronny goes. I mean, I think oh yeah, I think he's going to do that, no doubt. Yeah, so based on what he said. Yeah, and I mean, you know, LeBron's not a cheap player, so you're not going to get a you know maximum contract LeBron. You're going to get a potential All Star on a pretty good contract. It's just interesting to see where Bronny goes now. I think that's what we'll be thinking about the next couple drafts, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, here's the other thing about LeBron, you know? I mean, like, he says, like, yeah, well, like, money's not, it's not about the money at that point, is what he said. That's the exact quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so it's always been about the money? Oh, that's obvious. No way. And it's <laughs> like, like, this guy, like, really, you think your NBA salary is really that big of a chunk of how much you make overall? Like, yeah. guy's going to be in the movie business by then, basically. He already is. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't know. The guys just seem so self-aggrandizing. It's annoying. I just don't like them. <laughs> so no if the kings can avoid that that'd be great okay we maybe if like this was the time i don't know like if it was like the demarcus era i would be like okay do it that might work again where it's like you need a makeover or something mm-hmm. well that's yeah. also that'd be a, a prime lebron like a legit prime lebron and lebron in the in the boogie era but yeah, you're, this is a 40 year old lebron Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Forty years old. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That he's gonna play with the sun, though. Oh, that, that's that's never happened, right? No way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't no, think no so. Way there. Not, the not, not in the NBA, right? I was gonna yeah. say, obviously, it happened with Kenny Griffey. You know, Griffey. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That just sounds again. It's like one of those things where it sounds super sweet. Like, oh, he wants to play with his. But then you like think about it and like honestly think about it. Like, dad, like, can I do my own thing? Like, don't you think he kind of wants to do his own thing? I don't know. Like, yeah, like that's. I don't don't know what the relationship is like, but I feel like I would be like, I'm not looking forward to that rookie year. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna have have, like two coaches up my ass. Yeah, it's very true. Or or it'd be kind of funnier if LeBron was just like very protective of Bronny. Kind of like in a like a cartoon character format. Hey! Like, hands off! No, he doesn't have to run laps. <laughs> Ridiculous. That'd be so funny. That'd be a little funnier. <laughs> I think honestly, I think I I think like oh, I don't remember when this was, but I think like talking about him and his kid's game, I think his kid was at some it was probably an AAU game or something. And it was being like commentated or something or something. And someone said something and LeBron heard about it and was like, 
like he threw a fit about it or something. I don't know. I might be mixing that up. Yeah. No, he like threw no. a fit though. He like he just kind of caused a scene, I guess you would say. Not really caused not really threw a fit, I should be fair. I think I think you're on to something. I, I think I do remember. I think it was something about his age and how I don't know. She's like Lee Bronny alone is only fourteen, which I get it. If that was the instance you're talking about. But Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like this past summer or something. Oh, never mind. I don't know. I don't. I, don't I think it's that. happened on multiple occasions, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. Bronny James in a King's uniform, 2024. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, huh? Well, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna put a, the big fat no stamp on that, and I would hedge my bets on that. So no, no LeBron. No way. There's just no way, right? I mean, do you want to see that happening? Do you want to see LeBron in a suit coaching the Kings one day? If he's a good coach, say say we give him his first chance. That's actually okay. I see where you're going with this. So you're saying potentially he. Goes to a team, plays his final year with the team. Let's say it's the Kings. He plays his final year with his son in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's a chance he coach, then takes over as the head coach? <laughs> Maybe not head coach right off the bat, but... I, know, I mean, honestly, I could believe it with him. <laughs> I could, too. Honestly. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He would expect whoever was head coach of the team to step down. Yeah. And then when the drama gets created, he would act like he's the sanctimonious one. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of thinking about that. I assume he would, if not play with his son, he'd probably want to coach the team his son is on. I'm not sure, like you said, Bronny would want that, but. Dad? <laughs> you can never get away from him at that point. Seriously. Man. It's like it's like the coach. And watch Bronny just not be that good. And LeBron coaches him. He's just like starting point guard. It's like the it's like the dad his little his kid isn't that good, but he gets to like pitch every game. Man, that would not be good, and that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Like, I think about it. Doc Rivers coached Austin Rivers. I think he traded Austin Rivers to the Rockets or something, right? From the Clippers. So I I guess that's been done before. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Good for Doc. I feel like I wouldn't want to, if I was Doc's kid too, I wouldn't want to play for him. No. no. For a little bit of a different reason, just more of like an intensity thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is now kind of becoming a business relationship and I don't really like that. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> in a way, in a, yeah, in a yeah. certain kind of way. On court, but, oy. ah, yeah. Because a coach is just very authoritative and a, a dad is supposed to be, I mean, like partly that, but like you're a grown man, so no. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get to fucking yell at me. Like that's yeah. crazy. Imagine your dad like, imagine like, chewing you out at like 26, like <laughs> missing a shot or something. You missed that free throw. Well, we don't need to get into whether that's believable or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, LeBron James, big fat no for me. <laughs> All right, LeBron to sack. That's a no from Cap City Crown. Um, that's okay. I, I Watch, we're going to be looking back years later. The, they're going to hoist up a trophy. 
the Golden One Center. The Kings didn't lose a game all year because, you know, LeBron James and his son started every game and they won every game two on five. <laughs> <laughs> they they did two on five with uh, Vivek was still the uh, <laughs> he was still the he's still the owner and the other three were cherry picking the whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, honestly. Vivek throws it all away to implement his his master plan, whatever that is. Yeah. Real real genius thing. I master plan after master plan, you know. Cherry picking, drafting Nick Stauskas. Oh man. He's done it all. He's he, uh, he really has. He's ahead. He's ahead of his time, honestly, and that's why nothing's working. Oh yeah, yeah. He prides himself on that. Yeah, so, you know. No doubt. Vivek Ranadive. But, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to add? Um, I mean, did you look at the schedule at all? Because I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, what would you consider, like, a successful season, you know? A successful season. 22 games left. Right. You, you got those tough games. You have basically 12 games against those teams I listed earlier. Yeah. And then, like, include also, like, two games against New Orleans, San Antonio, Indianapolis, or Indiana, I mean. <laughs> Indy. Oh, that would be a fun game against yeah. Halliburton. Huh? That would be good. It, yeah. And then the Clippers and the Knicks. I mean, those teams are kind of all, like, you can kind of – they're not as tough as the other grouping, I think. And then you have, like, your Houston, your OKC – Orlando, kind of, but there's only four really easy games out of these 22, and mm -hmm. like I said, the majority are on the road. And considering what we were kind of talking about in terms of what the outlook is here, which is kind of like play your toughest, but don't really have any hardline expectations to where you as to where you finish. So, what do you think, Ben? Like, what what, what would you consider like bare minimum? the record for the, you know, in these last 22 games, you're like, okay, like I'm pretty satisfied with that. Like we're, cause I know a couple of weeks ago you talked about the time where Dave Yeager finished with what, 39 wins. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you'd never been so excited at the end of a season. Um, what would get you back to it? bare minimum again? You know, obviously what would get you back into that kind of like neighborhood? Okay. I think, bare minimum tenant you have to, i mean if you want they have to finish season 10 and 12 to get me to get me actually like pretty psyched like stoked with the, especially with this these these the schedule that's coming up you're right it isn't it isn't an easy schedule and 10 wins in that stretch it won't come easy mm -hmm. but at least you're showing you know hopefully no blowouts like what was happening at the beginning of the year. You have to play hard-nosed basketball. If you can finish with 10 wins out of these 22 games, I'll be um, not like, oh, my God, we're the next big thing. But I'll be like, okay, they're, they're headed in the right direction. Because I think if it was a the pre-deadline team and they weren't trying to tank, I, I mm. mean, I could see them going, like, no joke, 6-16. Six and, six and 16. Maybe mm -hmm. seven and seven and fifteen, but um, I think I think at the bare minimum, 
not even to get me excited. You, you have to win eight games and you have to hit that 30 mark. I, I do not Vikings not reach that 30 mark like they've done so many times in the last 15 years. So they need to at least get to 30. You want to see me get a little excited for the future. That's right, folks. You want to get, see Tony get excited? Get to 32. And it's the season 32 and whatever. Mm-hmm, whatever the math. other number is, yeah. yeah. 50. <laughs> 32 and 50, right? Yeah. That's not so bad. I think that's doable. But, I think uh, so. It'd be tough. Yeah. Be tough. I know. Going 10 to 12, it's, it's you know, shouldn't be that tough. But And again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a trick question, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, it's in the context of losing. Well, how did you lose? You know? Yeah, it really does. Like I said, one blowout. No blowouts. It's, I, I hear you. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him leeway with one. One blowout. That happens. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that Nets game, I don't want to see anything like that ever again. Right. Like ever. So like that. That a game. A blowout against the you Nets know, is yeah. unacceptable. And and moving forward, or a team like the Nets. That was something I wanted to say is that mm-hmm. because I was kind of talking about the the mood about how this team's going to do is kind of modest. I do think that one of the problems with this team is they don't really have a killer mentality. No. They're just kind of there's not a leader, I don't think. Like I think they asked Sabonis about um being a leader or whatever, does he feel a responsibility? And he was kind of like, "No, I don't really feel a responsibility, you know. I feel like it's one of those things like me, Fox and Barnes are kind of like doing that right now." I'm like, "Well, you gotta get somebody you know you gotta have that that like guy that ties it together you know yeah 100%. and I, I think you know you gotta be look i don't remember what my original point was gonna be but you know that that's gonna be a huge driver of what this team's able to do and they gotta be able to show that they can kind of have a a, a killer attitude. And I, well, my point was going to be about that Nets game is if they had somebody, cause they weren't shooting well and they weren't playing defense. They had to have that guy that took initiative. And I know that Fox shot. Okay. Right. I mean, it wasn't like terrible. I think he had, he's been, you know, he's been balling out like crazy, but it's like, you need somebody that, like I said, ties it all together for the whole team. Mm-hmm. And so bonus can do that. And Fox can do things, but it's like, you need something else in there. Mm-hmm. And so whether you can somehow develop those traits in somebody, which I doubt you're probably going to want to be able to add these pieces, but I would like to see this team kind of gain a bigger uh, sense of aggression. Yeah. And you know what? I, that's, I think that was a reason. And I don't think it is a reason what hurt watching Halliburton get traded was that Mm. Halliburton, you know, he wore his heart on his sleeve a little and he showed some emotion. He showed some, he, he, cared about winning and i know everyone cares about winning but he made it known in the press conference and this and that and i think it's an issue with fox as of late especially this season is that he just kind of has seemed disconnected i know there's been reports of him being disconnected and it's always not encouraging seeing the leader of your team supposedly kind of being disconnected and i mean i get it but losing for five straight years on the Kings take your, takes your toll or takes its toll. But mm-hmm. I do, I w- we need that. We need that loud guy who is going to get you fired up and the Kings don't have that. And I know Harrison Barnes is a leader in his own right. 
he's not that kind of leader. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But like you said, you, you need that guy to really push people, to push the team through, you know, when the going gets tough. And right. that's something they, oh man, I'm trying to think of a player that's done that. I mean, they sometimes they'll have those, those sparks off the bench, like Quincy AC and uh, people like that, even Harry Giles a little bit. Like a, like a starter who's really fired up to get the team going, kind of like Draymond Green did early in his career into this day. Um, you're right, they don't have that, and that's something they lack for sure. And nice, it'd be nice to see it in Fox just a bonus, right? But I think we know the players they are. Now, there's nothing wrong, like I said, not being that, but the Kings will have to seek it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, and I would have maybe I wouldn't have liked to seen. Because I get why he said he didn't feel Sabonis felt the need didn't feel the need to say he had a responsibility to take a leadership role, but I I do feel like he has the potential to kind of kind of like you know he's brought into this team with the idea that he's going to be here for a while. You know he wants to be here. His family lives in Southern California. He's now on the West Coast. There's a lot of reasons you know why he wants to be here. Why it's a good fit. Um, like kind of, I would kind of almost, and I don't think it's a really big knock that he's not, but it's a little, you know, he does kind of, it's an opportunity to really kind of step, fill, fill some bigger shoes, you know, kind of move a size up in that department. Um, and again, these guys are the way they are. I don't know, but it was an opportunity and uh, I'm not going to fault him for not being that guy. I'm not going to fault Fox for not being that guy. I mean, like you even heard it with Fox, just the way he would talk about when trade rumors were coming up with his name, he's just like, well, I don't know. That's the way it is. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And he just does what he does, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you kind of have that more visceral reaction with Halliburton. Halliburton, you know, very <laughs> heartfelt, um, almost to a sappy kind of sort of way. I don't know. I don't want to, I'd probably get a little bit of a disagreement there, but. Um, well, it's you know. funny because. Anyone on the Kings, you you think Halliburton is the only one who cared about leaving SAC. Anyone, even <laughs> even if Fox gets traded at a point, he's leaving SAC. You know, it's it's has a reputation for being a terribly run organization. Um, yeah, it's Sacramento. Like I, I was kind of called a small market because it is, and maybe not the most appealing. So, I I mean, I can see. Well, it, it is sad because you lost the one player who really cared about being traded and maybe Rashawn Holmes too, but anyone else, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone else is really complaining that hard about leaving sack. Albert, on the other hand, obviously hit him pretty hard and I get it. He's only 21 and he probably take it a little more personally than he should have, but it, that's with everything. He, I, I would take it personally as well. It's, yeah. it's a business, but there's also humans behind it. So, but True. back to your point, if you remember what you were saying before. I well, I was going to say, I was going to say, no, no, no. <laughs> if anybody's hijacking anything, it's me. <laughs> but um, it the thing is, is I was going to say, well, you know, like being sad about leaving SAC, someone that wanted to be in SAC. You know, when things were getting kind of like, was tension was kind of coming up with when De, DeMarcus Cousins' last couple of like year, months or year uh, in Sacramento. He was expressing the fact that he, you know, he doesn't want to leave. Like he wants to be here. He wants to be part of the reason Sacramento turns around, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like another one of those guys, and that was kind of also another one of those guys that like 
I mean, like, Kings won a lot of games with him when he was there. Not a lot of games. I don't want to say they won a lot of games, but a lot of the games they won, they won because of him, you know? Like, like Fox can have a darn good game, but he doesn't really mean anything, you know? Yeah. That can often happen. That's fair to say. That's why you go out and get a guy like Sabonis and you go out and get another guy. Um, and you keep developing guys like Mitchell and stuff like that. But, you know, you kind of almost had that, I guess. And so I guess when you're trying to take a different approach to team building, you might have, that might be your hole initially that you have to fill rather than that being the thing that you fix. And then everything around it is a problem. If you see what I'm saying. So maybe this is a good route. I don't know. But again, the next 22 games are going to be nice to see. And it'll be fun to see what happens. Yeah, it will be. It'll be definitely exciting 22 games to watch as Kings fans. Probably the most exciting 22 games we've seen. A hot minute. So it all starts tonight against the Nuggets without DeMarcus Cousins. They were 8 0 with Cousins. They don't have Cousins tonight. So maybe 8 1 uh, <laughs> in their last nine. Incoming. <laughs> Incoming. Sabonis. Drop, drop your prediction right now. Sabonis Fox. Where are they dropping tonight? Um, Sabonis goes 20 and 15. Comes out of the nice game with, with seven assists. Okay. And Fox drops 30. Yeah, I like that. A lot of pep in their step. A lot of energy after the break. I, I, I can see it. I think that's a good prediction. I'm not sure if that needs to win. Hopefully well, yeah, a lot, lot more going on around them. <laughs> yeah, right. Presumably. Yes. But it'll be a, be a nice 22-game stretch here. We'll see what happens. No doubt. Anything else to add to all of this? I think that's it. I don't want to get off uh, talking on LeBron some more. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we touched on that enough uh, for yeah. our whole podcasting career. So, you know, 7 o'clock tonight, Kings versus Nuggets. No cousins, like I just said, but uh be watching it tonight. And until next week, Tony and John, Kings Talk by Cap City Crown. Have a good one.